today on CityCast Denver. What if there was a job where you got to be outside all day, hanging out with cool people in one of the most beautiful places in the world? It would be doing trail restoration work. It would be, uh, you know, folks going up to Rocky Mountain National Park and helping the superintendent there with the massive amount of deferred maintenance, the backlog that exists. Congressman Jonah Goose is backing a new proposal to bring back one of America's most celebrated programs, a civilian climate corps that would pay people to make Colorado and the rest of the country a little greener. The idea uh, was to sort of build out a 21st century version of the Triple C to address a confluence of challenges that we face today as a country. Today is Monday, June 14th. 2021. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. All right, let's see what's happening out there today. It looks like we can expect clear skies and sun all day with a high near 98. And this heat is sticking around. Don't be surprised if we hit 100 later in the week. The slow-motion car wreck that is Tay Anderson's 2021 has taken another upsetting turn. Late last week, past and future CityCast Denver guest Melanie Asmar reported a new allegation of inappropriate conduct against the 22-year-old school board member. Yes, another one. This one comes in the form of a letter sent to the Denver Teachers Union in 2019, before they endorsed his run for the school board that year. The letter reportedly did not mention the kind of sexual assault that the other, more recent allegations against Anderson have revolved around, but it did outline a relationship in which the writer did not feel safe with Anderson. The union's president says that the letter was, quote, nebulous and unsubstantiated, and apparently Anderson addressed it to the union's satisfaction at the time. However, it's yet another troubling allegation against the ambitious young politician. He's still denying everything, and the district's investigation is ongoing. They say they'll have a full report ready by the end of the summer. Oh, and one more quick thing. As of yesterday, there are no more occupancy limits on RTD buses and trains. Previously, they were capping ridership to help maintain physical distancing, but no more. So those buses are going to be full again just in time for the unseasonably hot weather we're getting this week. When Franklin Delano Roosevelt walked out in front of the U.S. Capitol to take the oath of office on March 4, 1933, the country was in terrible shape. The Great Depression was raging, the unemployment rate was over 25%, and Americans all across the country twisted the dials of their radios to hear what he was going to do about it. This is no unsolvable problem if we face it wisely and courageously. It can be accomplished in part by direct recruiting by the government itself, treating the task as we would treat the emergency of a war, but at the same time, through this employment, accomplishing great, greatly needed projects to stimulate and reorganize the use of our great natural resources. And now, almost 100 years later, as America once again finds itself in dire straits, with our economy depressed and climate catastrophe looming. The Democrats in Washington are looking back to FDR for inspiration. Uh, uh, Paul, if I'm just going to interrupt you for just a second, I'm sorry. If I, could we just stop for one minute? Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. 
Sorry. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. My, my wife and uh, three-year-old daughter just came home. So you might have heard her in the background. I wanted to make sure. So. Oh no, that's okay. That's Zoom life for you. <laughs> Joe Nagoose represents District 2 as Colorado's first black congressman. And since he was elected in 2018, he's already made his mark in Washington, serving as a manager of former President Trump's second impeachment trial earlier this year. But now, Nagoose has shifted his gaze to the future with a proposal to bring back one of the most popular New Deal era programs, the Civilian Conservation Corps. Only Nagoose's 21st century version is called the Civilian Climate Corps, and it comes with a greater sense of urgency to address wildfires, drought, and everything else climate change is making worse in Colorado and the rest of the country. I think we have to start with the Civilian Climate Corps itself. Can you explain what this program is? Sure. So the Civil Conservation Corps, I'm sure some of your listeners will be familiar with the program of the 1930s. Uh, Back during the depths of the Great Depression, uh, then President Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, came up with the program as a way to address mass unemployment and the need to invest uh, resources uh, in our public works projects. And so the program at that time employed millions of uh, young men uh, across the country uh, doing different type of work, including here, right here in Colorado. Uh, you can see the remnants of the Civil Conservation Corps from the 1930s at Red Rocks, best music venue in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Of course, I'm biased. Uh, but that architectural masterpiece was literally built by uh, the workers in the Civil Conservation Corps. And you can go Uh, today to the uh, camp, uh, Mount Morrison, uh, the uh, conservation camp that's still managed by the Denver Parks Department. And you can see the barracks uh, where uh, these uh, these folks lived uh, as they did this important work. So that is the Civil Conservation Corps of the 1930s. Our program is a reimagining of that uh, that program. Uh, The idea Mm -hmm. uh, was to sort of build out a 21st century version of the Triple C to address a confluence of challenges that we face today as a country. Uh, of course, the employment challenges and the need to ensure that uh, you know the economic recovery that we're now experiencing as a result of COVID-19 extends to all Americans. Uh, second, uh, wildfires, uh, the great wildfire risk that we face in the Rocky Mountain West, my district being the epicenter of the two largest wildfires in Colorado history just last year. And then third, and of course interconnected to the wildfire risk is the existential threat of climate change and the reality that climate change continues to barrel towards us uh, and uh, the very short runway that we have to take decisive steps uh, to curb emissions and and save our planet. And so in light of all of those challenges, our thought was that the triple C model uh, provided a real great template for us to address these crises. And in short, it's, it's as I said, kind of taking a page out of FDR's playbook and applying it to uh, the 21st century. Yeah, I mean, that's the part I wanna talk about. That's what gets me excited is that historical connection. It's so fascinating. I mean, you, you said you were out visiting one of the, the old camps near Morrison recently. How did that feel? What did you see? You know, it's pretty incredible. I mean, I've been to Red Rocks many times uh, for concerts and shows, but uh, I had never been to the camp And to be able to have the opportunity to, as I said, see some of the historical artifacts from that time, to to literally see the barracks where 
uh, these guys slept and, you know, working long days uh, out in the outdoors, building red rocks and, and doing other uh, important uh, outdoor projects to be able to see the legislation itself. So the original bill, you know, signed by President Roosevelt uh, 90 some odd years ago, back in the 1930s, creating this program. And to think about, you know, the that bill in the context of the work that we are now doing today. And it was just, uh, you know, tremendous to be able to, uh, to take in that history and to reflect on all the work that had been done by, you know, preceding generations to, in effect, build the modern infrastructure of our country, including public lands infrastructure. And uh, as I think about this in the context of being a young father and uh, the world that my three-year-old daughter will inherit, I don't know that our generation uh, and that it has lived up uh, to our obligations to do the same for her generation and the generations that will follow. And I think uh, the Climate Conservation Corps is a great way to accomplish that. Yeah. Well, I'm really, I, I kind of want to dig in here on on what these jobs would be. We've been talking a lot on the show lately about the the so-called labor shortage and like service jobs not being appealing enough for people to actually want to go and, and try to get and do these days. What's an example of, of a job that somebody in this civilian climate corps would be doing? And how much would you, how would they be paid? Yeah, so a great example would be the wildfire resiliency and mitigation work that I described. So uh, just, okay. you know, taking you back to October of last year, the Cameron Peak Fire, uh, which many of your listeners no doubt will remember well, was raging uh, in my district in Northern Larimer County, uh, devastating uh, parts of our community. Earlier this year, just a few weeks ago, actually, I had a chance to go and uh, uh, take the Secretary of Agriculture, Secretary Vilsack, on a tour of the burn scar uh, that was uh, left after the Cameron Peak Fire in Larimer County and to visit with local landowners, with community stakeholders and others about the scale, just the sheer volume of work that is now necessary in those areas uh, to ensure uh, that we uh, we restore our community, right? So. The practical example of what some folks uh, would be doing as part of the the triple C, the 21st century triple C, would literally be working on reforestation in that area, uh, right? It would be hmm. addressing uh, you know fuels in other parts uh, of the Arapaho Roosevelt Forest, uh, just as an example, right? It would be doing trail restoration work and trail maintenance work up in that area. It would be uh, you know folks going up to Rocky Mountain National Park and helping the superintendent there with the massive amount of deferred maintenance, the backlog that exists uh, up there uh, from a construction standpoint and as I said, maintenance standpoint. Yeah, so someone in Denver could be uh, could get one of these jobs and, and yes. find themselves working out in a forest somewhere and developing a, a connection to nature. That's precisely right, which is actually a part of it that I didn't really talk much about, but that it's, you know, of course, when you read the stories from uh, you know, participants in the Triple C program 90 years ago and about how important it was for them, uh, particularly at a young age, as they developed this kindred connection to the land by virtue of the work they were doing, I think there's a real opportunity to replicate that uh, today in 2021. And that, that I think gets to something that I'm guessing you want to change from that old program because the original conservation corps was almost entirely white men. And that was a lot of white men developing these connections with nature and then going on and feeling all, you know, all those good feelings. 
how how are you and your colleagues thinking about that uh, equity component and and maybe helping people of color develop some of those same connections? It is a salient point and uh, something that I spent a great deal of time uh, thinking about, Paul, because as you said, the Triple C of the 1930s, while it was an incredibly effective program and a program that we are we are obviously eager to model our program upon, uh, it was exclusionary and did not include uh, women and minorities. Uh, across the country. And so our thought is that we have, again, this opportunity to build a more inclusive triple C for 2021 for the 21st century. But, you know, I'd also say just apart from the workforce uh, equity considerations that you mentioned, there's also a real need to invest uh, in ensuring that, you know, there's broader access to the outdoors uh, among diverse communities in our country. According to one poll, I had seen one in 10 kids um, right, 10% of kids uh, said that they spend time outdoors every day. Uh, and so you think about, you know, the plethora of young people that aren't getting outdoors. And of course, the reality that in urban areas, poor public transportation can make it harder to get to parks and to open spaces. And there, there's less, um, there are less urban parks available for them to be able to enjoy. So our bill actually works to try to address some of those barriers. It, it redoubles an investment in the uh, Every Kid Outdoors program, which I'm sure you're probably familiar with, but that provides uh, fourth graders across the country, family members, free access to over 2,000 federal lands. So we're, we're trying to you know, kind of plus up investments in that regard as well, not just on the workforce side. Hmm. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, the politics part a little bit. I saw President Biden has come out in support of this. He set aside or he called for $10 billion over 10 years, I think, to fund the program. What about your colleagues in Congress? Where are we at? Are people excited about this? Yeah, well, let's say a couple of things. First, the uh, most exciting development by far was the president's announcement because the $10 billion investment that he's called for, uh, it matches the $10 billion investment that we, myself and Senator Wyden, have called for. So essentially, okay. enforcement of our bill and our proposal, which uh, on Capitol Hill, I've, I haven't been there long, but I've learned that having the support of the president for a particular bill <laughs> or resolution certainly makes a world of difference in terms of seeing that legislation get across the finish line. So that's a great positive step. I would say that the, the concept uh, as a whole has also received a lot of or experienced a lot of momentum over the course of the last several months, in part because I think it's captured the imagination of the American people. As people read more about the Triple C of the 1930s and about our plans for this particular program, they, they become more excited uh, about uh, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the potential for us to actually make this a reality. And uh, I think that's re reflected in most of the empirical polling data I've seen about this particular plan. So we're pretty excited about the future. There are a lot of different triple C proposals out there. We've authored two ourselves in our office. And so uh, none of them are mutually exclusive. I think provided we can get some seed funding uh, through this $10 billion capital investment, uh, I think that will be a large step forward. And, and I'm optimistic that we'll be able to get that done this summer as part of the infrastructure bill that uh, is moving its way through Congress right now. Okay, Joe, we've been talking a lot about the politics around the climate and some heavy stuff. Let's let's end on a more fun note. I know you grew up here in Colorado. Do you have a uh, do you have a favorite way to enjoy the outdoors during the summer? Maybe a, a hike or a campground you'd recommend? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I grew up in Colorado, as you know. I uh, moved here when I was six, and I've never left. And so we have many fond memories growing up of of going camping, of hiking with my dad, and in, in Rocky Mountain National Park, and of course now being able to have the privilege to represent the park in the Congress and to take my daughter, Natalie, um, to the park to be able to, to hike 
uh, is just uh, is something I treasure deeply. So I'm not going to reveal my favorite hikes because I, mean, I don't, you know, we. Well, I, I'll keep those in secret. But yeah, <laughs> Indian Peaks Wilderness. Uh, you know, I'm I'm very fond of uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. It's one of my favorite, of course. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And yeah, and that's a, a true Coloradan would never reveal the best <laughs> hike, the best campground. Well, Joe, thanks so much for being on CityCast Denver. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's all for us today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Until then, hope you have a great day. What's a pithy way to say that?